Hello, and welcome to episode 111 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today, I think we're going to maybe revisit where we kind of see ourselves in the current magic ecosystem. Yeah, I had like a whole big rant prepared that I spent like a reasonable chunk of sun or Saturday writing. And I think I've calmed down a little bit since then. So I don't know that we're going to go over the whole rant that I had prepared. If you want to check it out, I'm going to post it up for our patrons. You can check it out there. But we're just going to kind of go over some of the talking points and talk about what prompted my rant. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be kind of an all over the place episode. But So if you want to get at us and talk about your place in magic, you can tweet us at Casual Tripod. Yep, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can drop us an email at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, if you're looking to pick up any singles cards, please use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link will get a little cut of to help keep the show rolling. Um, I have noticed some of the Keldheim stuff starting to move. Um, the borderless pathways. Um, I think when I was picking them up were like four bucks and I've seen a couple of them up around 10 now. So some stuff is starting to move. If you haven't picked up your Kaldheim stuff, probably do so sooner rather than later before everything starts moving. And if you do that, please don't forget to use our TCG player affiliate link. If you guys want to support us a little bit more directly, or if you want to have access to uh, some premium content like my rant here, uh, you can become a patron. Every little bit helps. Just chip in whatever you can. We greatly appreciate it. Um, I also have another round of Patreon givebacks coming up in a couple weeks here. Um, so make sure you get signed up before those go out. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Patrons get, like I said, early access to show notes. I usually post them up the day before the show goes live. And you also get access to our pre-show, which isn't necessarily a show. It's just kind of us recording, catching up, and making sure our mics sound all right and all that happy stuff. And that usually goes up on Tuesdays. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We have our YouTube channel. YouTube is Casual Tryhard MTG. Uh, Brian's still got a bunch of draft videos going up, right? I think you said you got four more. There's So when, you, when this comes out, we'll be two that have released this week and one that will release on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then... I have at least one in the can for yeah. uh, Monday, so okay. we'll we'll see if the urge strikes me to play more uh, Keldheim Limited. Yep. <laughs> also, like I told you guys last week, I was able to get my hands on a box of Time Spiral Remastered. So as soon as I get that in my possession, I'll film a box opening video and post that up there as well. Um, and then we have our Discord. Um, there should be a link in the description. There's a link on all of our social media. Hop on in, join the conversation, ask us questions. I still have some Keldheim pre-release codes. Seems like these ones, uh, not too many people wanted them for some reason. I don't know if they got them other ways or what's going on there, but I still got, I don't know, maybe a dozen of them or so. So if you need one, let me know. Uh, Discord is the place to do that. There's a room in there for freebies. So make sure you hop on over there and check it out. All right, so this has been an interesting week for Magic in Mm -hmm. that the news that has been generated has not been generated by, like, Watsy proper. It has been generated. 
rated from a Hasbro investor call. Yeah, really strange. Yeah, so, you know, every quarter, every publicly traded company basically does, like, an investor call to discuss their earnings and, Mm -hmm. like, give their projections for earnings in the following quarters and, like, where they see the business going. Yep. And so this was Hasbro's big thing, and apparently Magic makes them all the money. Uh, so much so that they're becoming their own division of Hasbro. Were they under board games before or something? They weren't really under anything. They were just part of the company, and now they are like a division proper. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, really strange. Gosh, I'm reading this for the first time. Some of this oh, stuff. Oh, okay. And I, I, I did... only pulled out like the stuff that related to magic, but yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in there. Yeah, well, no, not the not the investor call, but just the the first thing on oh, our list note? here is increase the number of Magic: The Gathering premier card sets releases from five to six. We're yeah. gonna get more sets. Uh, yeah, more, and this isn't just um, like products. This is actual sets. Like I think everybody's complaining for years now that. We all have wallet fatigue and like somebody needs to throttle it back a little bit. And Watsy's like, YOLO, here's another set. We're doing six releases this year. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it's going to be like the four normal like sets, like the three expansions in the core set. And then there's, I guess there's going to be a summer product and a winter product. Like this year we have Time Spiral Remastered and uh modern horizons 2 okay so like i mean i'll be a hundred percent honest like i don't know if i could care less about time spiral remastered than i do right like the only thing that is like even piqued my interest a little bit is like ooh, i would like some foil old border thought seizes and then i thought yeah. no i'm good yeah, I just bought my blinged thought seizes because I thought they were the blingiest thought seize that was ever gonna bling, and now I need to replace them already. Yeah, you got the the puzzle piece one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Part of me is like, I could maybe try to get rid of these Amonkhet ones, uh, yeah. the invocations, and try to get some old border thought seizes. Yeah. Well, depending on how I mean, much they are. They're pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, it's weird. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the time spiral stuff at the end of the episode if we got some time left. I don't yeah. really want to get too much into that right now, but okay. So yeah, we're just gonna have six sets forever. Not, forever. Not counting the you know, eighty-five secret layers. And... Yeah, and the multiple products per release and whatever bonus collection set they want to do and. Who knows? And now the thing that has caused the most nerd rage. Yeah. Is they're doing this thing that they're calling Magic Beyond Universes. Or Magic Magic Universes Beyond, I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm conflicted. Because, like, I had written out this whole huge rant that kind of culminated in this Universes Beyond thing. But, like... I was more or less like okay with the Walking Dead one that they did. And that hadn't really entered my mind until after I was done like writing my rant. 
that I remember being okay with the Walking Dead one. Like, not that I thought it was a great idea, but I was just okay with it. And I was trying to figure out why I was less okay with this, especially since, like, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. But I don't want to play the One Ring or Frodo in my, you know, whatever whatever deck I'm playing. So the the two properties right now that are crossing over into magic are going to be Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and is going to be Warhammer 40k. Yes. So the Lord of the Rings, I think I heard is going to be like a set. Uh, a full expansion, yeah. A full expansion and then the Warhammer thing is going to be commander product. It didn't say that it was going to be just commander decks, but it said there were going to be Warhammer 40k commander decks. Okay. So I don't know if that means there's commander decks as part of whatever set is coming out or what the deal is. So I think the the, the gamut runs from like super excited. I love me some fill in the blank thing and I want it to be part of magic. Yeah. Right. Cause I will enjoy that. There are people that are just like, meh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that are like vehemently angry. Yeah. Now I've not seen any of this anger, uh, but uh, I think that um, uh, I, I have heard about it. How about that? But I've not <laughs> seen it. Like I'm kind of in the eh camp. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I'm not super excited, but I'm also not like angry. I might change how I feel like, again, I've never seen a Walking Dead card. Maybe I will feel different if I'm playing Legacy and someone like plays a Rick. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Right? Or it might just be like, oh, okay, whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's part of my problem is that like I kind of see the formats as a, I don't know what you want to call it, like a hierarchy, but not like a hierarchy, I guess. I don't know. Like, when you when you go to a tournament and you're like, I'm going to play Legacy, there's kind of an expectation, right? Like everybody that's playing in the event has like $4,000 mana bases or more. You or know more, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, now way more, but like there's kind of an expectation of what you're going to see when you go to a Legacy event. It's people that have been playing for a long time. You know what I mean? People whose collections go back decades and you know, it's it's kind of magic at its purest, right? It's yeah. Almost anything goes. And that's going to be, like, that and Commander are the only places where, like, these cards are going to live. So, you know, you used to go to, you know, this, e- even if it's not a big event, like, just going to a Legacy event has some prestige, right? Yeah. Be- because the decks are, you know, so expensive and... Most people that play Legacy have been playing for a long time. You know what I mean? Or they've been playing that one deck for 10 years. Yes, right. So there's kind of an expectation when you go to a Legacy event of, I don't don't even know what you want to call it, but prestige almost. Prestige, or I was going to say it's like going to like a classic car show. Yeah, exactly. Versus going to like, like some like tuner show. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, oh, these are like old, well maintained. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some history with this car, or there's some history with this deck, or those those particular cards. 
Right. And, like, it would feel out of place if, like, I don't know, someone had, like, you know, a 2007 Civic with ground effects. Right. He'd be like, like... half in primer. Yeah, he'd be like, what? Like, yeah. okay, like, ooh, 50s Bel Air. Ooh, ooh, a 60s Corvette. Yeah. What is this random Civic doing here? <laughs> yeah. Right? And, like, I think that there's gonna be some of that particularly like if you know whatever 40k character is i don't know some ridiculous like esper like just three color like three mana pip esper thing that like is busted a la like leovold yeah and then it's just like every blue white deck has to splash black or every blue black deck has to splash white so they can play this card yeah I mean, that's already happened to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like, think about, like, you know, Legacy Now is Ponder, Brainstorm, and, like, cards printed since 2018. Yeah. 2019. Bell, and Uro, and, yeah. Yeah. That's just like, oh, this is all the stuff I tried to get away from in Standard. Yeah. And Pioneer. And Modern. And now it's here. <laughs> right. How did you just get printed and end up here? Like, cards that used to be this, like, long drawn out process to find its way into legacy yeah i mean it, it go back a couple of years and maybe you'd get two cards entering the format as a whole like a year yeah i mean even like modern like a set was really like powerful if like one or two cards got played in modern from it right and now it's just like oh this set spawns one or two archetypes yeah entire archetypes oh awesome Kel- well, I mean, Keldheim did spawn two al- archetypes, and then they had to ban them. Uh, right. <laughs> let's fix the wording on these cards. Yeah. And uh, let's just ban this one, because nothing good can come of it. Right. Interesting. Had you not hmm. read the card previously. Yeah. So you're going to have these cards that are, like, new and, like, not with the magic aesthetic, more than likely, yeah. mixing with, you know your old cards that have the magic aesthetic and is going to feel weird. I think. Yeah. I I mean, I, I can just picture a game where you're, you know, sitting down against like, or you're, you're a lands player, right? So you've got, you know, a $4,000 tabernacle in your deck and you've got a play set of mox diamonds and, you know, it drop of honeys and like your deck is a car, right? Your your deck is worth a car. A very nice car. Yes. And, like, you've been playing this deck for the last 12 years, and, like, you know it inside and out. You know all the matchups. And you sit down, and, you know, you're getting ready to go through the motions, and your opponent's like, I'm going to cast a Frodo, and he's going to bring an army of Space Marines, and we're going to go to Mordor. And you're just like, what the hell happened to my game? Yeah. And I think that is kind of the bigger thing, is the what happened to my game aspect of it. Yeah. Right? And... Magic for a very long time has tried to like wall itself off from <laughs> like Other from IPs. the real world in like yeah. IPs, right? When it started, like the game didn't kind of have those rules, right? If right. you think about like old flavor text was from, you know, literature, literature, like yeah. the wasteland is, uh, is it a T.S. Eliot quote? I forget what it's from, but the original Maybe. wasteland has is like a quote from literature. 
mm-hmm. right? The Arabian Nights are the from the yeah. Thousand and One Tales of the Arabian Nights or whatever. Yep. And like people were like, "Well, we had Einstein on a card." It's like, yes. Like I think you throw out like the first five years of magic or four years of magic in terms of like them knowing what they were trying to do. Yeah, I mean they right. also printed the Moxen. Yeah. And- ancestral recall and we're like oh yeah these cards are good <laughs> they're fine yeah they're fine but you have like, like the best soul land ever printed yes so you have like that chunk of time where they were kind of muddied in like the world building thing yeah then they like were like we're gonna build a world mm-hmm. and we're not going to bring anything outside of our world into our world right like it's going to just exist in and of itself. Right. And like, that's kind of when magic started picking up its story, like weather, light and tempest. Like that was when magic started telling a story. Yeah. And like, they've kind of, they've skirted things, right? Like, yeah. th- uh, like throne of Eldraine. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, here are all these fairy tales, you know, we're not going to like say that this is the gingerbread man. But he's the gingerbread man. Yeah, it totally is. We're not going to say that this is Hansel and Gretel, but the curious pair in a house noshing away, probably right. Hansel and Gretel. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Like, it's a wink and a nod, and that's fine. Just like, you know, Kaladesh is on some level supposed to be kind of a, like, I don't know, a, a dumb American's take on what, like, fantasy India would be. Yeah. There's tigers, and so, yeah, we, like, kind of touch on it, but we Mm -hmm. don't, like, go, like, super ham. Right. And this is just, like, so, we sold more of the Walking Dead things than anything, so I guess that means people like this. So we're just going to go on this, you know, whole hog. Mm -hmm. Now, I, the idea of them doing this, like, um... Like they did the Godzilla stuff in Ikoria, mm-hmm. where they're like, "Hey, we're gonna have the regular version of this card, yeah, and then we're gonna have a Godzilla version. And if you don't like the Godzilla version, that's cool. Play the, regular. play the regular version. Yeah. And it sounds like some of this stuff might be something akin to that, but it's not going to all be that. So, like, if Frodo." and Space Marines are the best thing to do in Legacy, and it's not like it's, like, a reskin, right? Yeah. If it's just, there's one version of this, it's right. Frodo. Then, like, then you just have to play Frodo, which kind of feels off. Yeah. Like, not not off enough that I'm going to, like, bother to, like, tweet at someone my, you know, apathy. Yeah. But... It will feel weird. Yeah. So, like, after I wrote my like my little rant here, like, I got to thinking that I really didn't have a huge problem with The Walking Dead Secret Lair. Like, I wasn't as upset about it as a lot of people were. But I think I'm a little bit more upset about the universes beyond thing than some other people, and I couldn't really figure out why. So, like, I've kind of come back off of my rant a little bit, but... I wonder if part of part of why like I feel differently about the secret lair as opposed to universes beyond 
is just because of Wizards track record lately where they've been like punting every set and like just printing obscenely powerful cards for no other reason than to be obscenely powerful. And like if those cards also happen to be Warhammer cards or Lord of the Rings cards or whatever, like then you're you're kind of not playing magic anymore. Like you're using the magic rules set, I guess, maybe, unless the cards break that. But like if that's all you're playing is Lord of the Rings cards because they're the best cards, like why don't you just make a Lord of the Rings game then? Yeah. Like it, it's different when like you have a set of six cards in a secret lair, you know what I mean? Like there's only so much damage they can do to a format with six cards. It's a lot different when you're printing 300 cards. Yeah. At the same time though, like like you said they've they've not shown shown the ability to print any number of cards. Right. Without not without breaking something. I mean, think about the brawl decks, right? Yeah. I think it was like, dude, like this is just like 30 more cards that they have yeah. a chance to like screw up on and they and printed Corvald. Right. And like how do you get Corvald? Well, you go to Walmart or Target and you like hope they're there because they're yeah. sold out everywhere else. Right. And it's like, oh, well, and then you can sell great. off the Shockland and pay for the whole deck and then you have a free Corvold, which is what I did. Right. That product wasn't even good for the people that it was targeting, though, because like for a while, Arcane Signets were like 10 or $15 yeah, because I, every commander deck wanted them. Yeah, I sold all my Arcane Signets and I sold all of my, what are they called? Uh, all of my, the Shocklands. And I yeah. just paid for all the other cards. Like right. I kept one Arcane Signet and then like I have the commander guys. But yeah. like, yeah, like you run the risk of, you know, if... Uro was Frodo, right? Right now you just have to play against like Frodo. Right. And my hope is if they if they do do these, right? Or when they do these, it's mm-hmm. not like The Walking Dead in that like it's hey, here's this guy from TV that you've seen. Like you could do Frodo as just like creature type hobbit, fine. Mm-hmm. But then it doesn't have to look like Elijah Wood. Yeah. Right? Like, just random, fantasy, furry-footed nerd guy. <laughs> right? Like, okay. Like, that's fine. But if it's like, here's Elijah Wood. It's like, yeah. dang it. Like, this yeah. is, you know, here's Orlando Bloom as Legolas. Right. It's like, no, stop. Please. Yeah. I mean, the question, like, you know, there is the, like, slippery slope argument of, like, well, if they do this and it does well, like, what other IP... Like, I don't know, do, do we get, like, the Iron Man suit as an equipment? I mean, I, I guess anything's on the table, right? Whatever yeah. they can buy a license for. I understand that there is, like, part of it is, like, hey, we're trying to drive, like, the collector market. Mm-hmm. And, hey, we're trying to drive, like, more casual people to, like, interact with the game. Mm-hmm. But, like, I maybe I'm not a big enough nerd about a certain thing. But, like, you know, if you told me that Hearthstone had licensed Marvel stuff and they have a bunch of Marvel cards, I don't think that is enough for me to, like, download Hearthstone. Hearthstone. 
and learn to play Hearthstone so I can play with Captain America. Yeah. Like, I think that that was kind of a whole nother part of my rant is that I think more than anything else, I just feel left behind. Yeah. I think, I think that magic has moved past me. Like it seems to be all of the moves that like wizards is making are to make the game more casual and less competitive. Like they've, it, not that it's all of their fault, because I know that like COVID had something to do with it, but it seems like they've moved completely away from competitive play. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the focus uh, at a at a Magic Fest, it was a Grand Prix. It was right. a big competitive tournament mm-hmm. with stuff around it. Right, for side events that if you didn't do well in the main event, you had something else to do. To... This is going to be a like magic convention, and over mm-hmm. here in the corner in the back half of the convention hall, we'll have this tournament, right? And like that, like that's different, right? It used to be the big tournament yeah. was the focus, and now right. it's let's get everyone in and make it inviting, and then like we'll stick to the tournament over here in the corner because i mean think about the the gp or magic fest atlanta mm-hmm. right the legacy event was back corner on the side right oh yeah it was the left hand corner of the room in the back and yep. then uh, magic fest elk was um <laughs> it was in the middle of the room but it was clear in the back right right like and what what was right up front uh vendors and mystery booster drafts in the command zone oh was the command zone up front oh yeah it was it was front right hand side yeah yeah you had to walk right past it yep yeah so like they definitely have taken just like where they put the event and just kind of like pushed it to the back so there's that and then you have down here like think about like the year of commander Mm -hmm. and it's like the year of our most casual format yeah and we've talked about this before the fact that like organized play like it's broken in terms of like you can't explain it to someone but you can't even come close to yeah but it's also broken in that you can't think to yourself i'm at my local game store and if my dream is to make the pro tour I'm kind of working towards that dream, mm-hmm. right? Like that has kind of gone by the wayside or maybe not pro tour, like make the highest level of magic, right? The highest level right. of magic used to be the pro tour. Now yeah. it's 32 people. Right. Is the highest level of magic. Yeah. And, good luck getting there. Yeah. And like, it's not clear how you get there. Right. Right. So it's a very, very different thing. So like, everything they've done recently doesn't kind of feed into kind of what they had peddled the game as for years previously. Yeah. And like, it's not even that I'm disappointed because it's becoming less casual. Like if that's, I guess if that's what people want, like that's fine, but I don't necessarily think there's anything left for me. Like one of the reasons that I play the game is for like the competitive outlet. Right. Yeah, like, I I know I'm not alone. I know you're in the same boat I am. Like we 
play competitively. I want to I want to do the most powerful thing. I want to play the best deck. I want to chase the meta, and like all of those things have been kind of stripped away. Like there's there's no reason to play modern if all the best modern decks are just standard cards. Yeah, or standard cards that like you feel like are going to get banned. Yeah. Right. Like that has also been like the the plight of the like competitive player as of late. Right. You, you know, you're playing on Magic Online, and your euros are like a hundred dollars a piece or whatever. Yeah. And you get your four euros, and like you're just thinking the whole time, these are going to get banned, and I'm going to get stuck with these. Yeah, you're going to be out $400. Yeah, because, like, the bots aren't going to take them. Right. So then it's just like, oh, I'm going to be out a big chunk of money. But if I want to be competitive for this six-month span, yeah, I just have to do this and hope that my winning and happiness equals the $400 I spent. Right. And be out. So, like, that's really hard, too. Like, it used to be, like, you'd get into a modern deck... Mm-hmm. And you were in a modern deck right. for a Forever. long time. Yeah. And now it's like the best modern decks last like a year tops. Well, I mean, like you said, Keldheim brought two new archetypes, not yeah. cards, for not decks, not new cards for decks, new archetypes. That lasted for two weeks. Well, until they were banned. Sure. But it brought yeah. two completely new archetypes. Like, that's not something that ever happened. Imagine how you felt like if you got Tybalt's for Mm -hmm. said archetype. Right. At, you know, whatever they were. $60, $70 a piece or whatever on Magic Online. Yeah, whatever they were. And, like, the card's unplayable now? I mean, in modern, absolutely. Yeah. Well, like yeah, I, I mean, mostly, yeah. I mean, like, you can bring to light for it. Yeah. But like if you're ramping to seven, like you're not gonna you're not gonna have red and black mana. Yeah. To to cast your, your seven mana thing. Right. So yeah, it's just uh, if you do you have better things to do. Yes. Like it feels like we like you said, we've been left behind mm-hmm. and I don't know how much of it is like pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right, would that, we, that could could very well be part of like, it. Like, would we still feel the same way if once a week you went and like played in person? And- well, I mean, that's like a whole nother thing. Like, that was a whole nother part of my little rant here. Is that I think even like at store level stuff, I've been kind of left behind. I don't think it's just that you know I can't play at the store because like think about back to like Ixalan when Ixalan came out. And they moved away from FNM promos and said, you know what? We want FNM to be more casual friendly. So we're not going to give out promos that you have to win anymore. We're going to give out foil tokens that anyone can use. Yuck. Yeah. Like, that, that didn't last very long, thankfully. But that was, it was a, well, dark, no, but a dark time. Like it was, kind, it was kind of the beginning of a shift that we've seen since then. And then they started giving out the standard showdown packs to like make your standard showdown like the competitive event at your local game store. And then like they took away uh, GPTs and PPTQs from the local game stores. I mean, so th- they're pulling like all of this competitive stuff out of the LGS. 
Yeah, well, what I meant is not so much the wizard-sanctioned competitive stuff, but more like, would you be more locked in if like you knew once a week you wanted to like go to FNM and do well? Mm-hmm. So you might be a little more invested, or like once a month or once every like two months you were like drive an hour and a half somewhere go to an event and you wanted to do well yeah so like you know it might be that like what competitive magic looks like at this very instant due to covid Mm -hmm. is not super appealing but like getting back to the it wasn't great but at least it's like you leave your house yeah might be a little bit better but i do agree that overall like magic has been chasing that like mythical casual majority yeah where the kitchen like, table player that nobody ever sees no one ever sees but they buy so many cards and it's like how yeah like i look at how many cards i have and like it's a lot of kitchen tables worth uh yeah so like but, i don't know how these people are out purchasing me yeah, I have bought, I mean, that was a whole nother part of my rant. <laughs> um, I have bought into everything. Like everything Wizards has come out with, I bought into. Every Masters set, every regular release, like everything. And, you know, the, there's no way that these kitchen table players, it, you know, not not that I'm ragging on how anybody plays Magic. I mean, that's one of the cool parts about the game is it can be anything to anybody. It's however you have fun is fine. But, you know, I'm dropping some pretty serious money like every time they come out with a new product and there's no way somebody that's, you know, cracking boosters at their kitchen table is outspending me. Yeah, I think that the thought process is you are enfranchised and they feel pretty confident that you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And if, or if you do go somewhere, everyone always comes back. Yeah. So I think they're hoping to get like, you know, four more kitchen tape, kitchen table people Mm -hmm. and keep you. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe rotate through those kitchen table people but then you as like a baseline is still going to be there. Yeah. But I like also think that could be, you know, not the case. I saw right. I, I saw a tweet from Josh Edder Layton mm-hmm. who was playing either uh, Legends of Runeterra or oh, yeah. Hearthstone or doing commentary mm-hmm. for one of those two games. Like mm. he's in the Hall of Fame and he was like, I'm good. Right. <laughs> I mean, Kibler, the only reason Kibler came back to Magic was because Blizzard did some pretty uh, questionable things around uh, uh, like the whole Hong Kong stuff. Right. And he was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm good. Thanks. I'll go do something else. Yeah. But it was also convenient timing that Wizards had just released a, an arena. online client. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you have all this move away from the stuff that like we kind of grew up on in the game, even like when the game wasn't like big and competitive, Mm -hmm. right? Like I still played competitively with my friends. Right. Like, and that was like, I always wanted to like play the best deck and do the best thing. 
And I feel like at some point now, like, it's almost like looked down on. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, oh, it absolutely is. Like, if you go and, like, well, this player's new. Why did you, why did you beat them? Because that's what I, I sat down. That's what I came here to do. I, I was a better player and I had a better deck. Yeah, like that's what that's I why. that's what I came here to do, and it's like there's almost like a no win scenario. Like if you lose, right? Everyone's like, "Well, why did you lose to him?" Right. And if you win, it's like, "Well, that wasn't very nice of you." I mean, I did I did take a shopkeep Chris out of Legacy forever. And he, <laughs> we sat down and I think he played a grand total of like three turns in the two in the two games. I was like, "Merit Lage, go." Yeah. Well, I mean, your your goal playing Legacy is to play the fewest number of turns possible. That is that is the secret like way to win Legacy. Legacy's golf. Like yeah. you want to play as few <laughs> turns as possible. Yeah. Like if I smoked, all my decks would be perfect for smoke breaks. <laughs> Where's Brian? Oh, he just sucked out a pack. He had a ton of times. So, oh, cool. <laughs> but yeah, like it it feels like you just aren't in a situation where like you know being the like spiky player is something that people want. Right. And so it becomes hard to like, where's my spot? Because like my spot is not supposed to be like going and like trying to like run everyone over at the LGS. Right. But like the competitive outlet, like, I don't know, like to me, you know, spending $25 to play the arena open mm-hmm. when it's literally the exact same thing I'm doing for free yeah, is hard for me to justify. It's like I'm not, I'm getting a slightly different experience because the stakes are a little bit higher, but like I'm still in my pajama pants, like in my mm-hmm. upstairs room. Right. Like that's not, it just Watching doesn't Netflix feel. Netflix while you're playing. Uh, we're not uh, poor computer can't do that. Like <laughs> well, you, you have TV next to you there. I do, I do. But yeah, you. It's just, it's just not the same. I don't think that gets fixed for me. Yeah. Nope. So, I, so I'm with you. We kind of mourn the loss of like competitive play as we know it, and mm-hmm. competitive play is like where we fit. Yeah, it, I think it's weird that. Like I know that we've talked about all of these issues before, but I I think that it's strange that this move to universes beyond or whatever is what like brought all this stuff up for me. I think that that's my problem. Isn't that these things are going to exist and they're going to be part of the game or whatever? But you know, me sitting down for a competitive legacy event and playing against. Rick Grimes holding the one ring in charge of an army of space Marines going to Mordor writing shadow facts, I think is a little much. <laughs> I mean, you said some words. I didn't even know what they were. So good on you. <laughs> uh, but magic, like we said, really made itself its own world. Mm-hmm. And it's going to feel weird that that world is kind of gone yeah, or is being encroached on. And like yeah. we had as players, like kind of fit ourselves into that world. And I think that the maybe the two things kind of mirror themselves. Like we fit ourselves in like the magic story and lore world. Yeah. And that's kind of getting shook up and broken apart around us because 
if we do this thing here, we can make more money this quarter. Mm-hmm. And also, like, we fit ourselves into the, like, magic competitive, like, try hard part of the game. Yeah. And it seems like that part of the game is being minimized because, hey, we can make more money this quarter. Yeah. And so it seems like we're getting squeezed and, you know, I don't know, something, something, capitalism, something, something. (laughs) But, right, it does, like, it's like, well, you're kind of taking apart this world you built that, like, the Mm -hmm. game immerses you in after being, like, years of, like, no, we don't want to do that. And, like, for years it was, like, the best thing to do is, like, the highest level is, like, play GPs and play at, um, you know, the Pro Tour, and yeah. now it's kind of a, like, that's all kind of gone apart. Right. It's weird. It might just be that this is like, oh, my competitive, like, my play world has fallen apart. And at the same time, Wizards is like, you know, where else we're going to take apart? We're going to take from you the uniqueness of, like, your lore and your stories. Well, but those aren't, like, the only two things that I feel like are being stripped out, though. Like, it... It's like everything I like about the game, I think, is being pulled out of it because like on top of, you know, there being a story that I appreciate, not that I'm like a huge lore guy, but I appreciate the story and I like to know what's going on with the story of the game um, and the competitive stuff, obviously. But like the whole finance side of the game, which I enjoy being a part of, I enjoy watching the market, I enjoy making specs, um, like that's kind of being all dismantled, too because of all the bling lately. Oh yeah. We got secret layers and collector boosters and extended arts and showcase arts and foil versions of all of those. And like, there's only so much you can keep up with. Uh, I think in the pre-show, was it in the pre-show or was it in our intro? We were just talking about thought seas. Yes. We talked about thought seas in the, in the pre-show. Like we both have, you know, what we felt were, you know, the blingiest thought seizes, right? Like you've got the invocation ones and I've got the, not ultimate masters. What was, what's double the masters? Ultimate? Yeah. I've got the double mastered borderless ones. Uh, I would and, just like to point out for the record. I have yeah. the double masters ones as well. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I have a collection of shiny thought seizes, ladies and gentlemen. And now we have like, old border foil thought seizes that are absolutely gorgeous with the original and like how many how many blingy thought seizes do i need at you know however much money they're gonna be the thing is like it used to be that cards got reprinted sparingly and people were like oh reprint more stuff and fine yes reprinting more stuff does make the game more accessible to a point Mm -hmm. but then like it's just if you reprint everything all the time because i mean think about thoughtsies there was the lore when printing right then there was vast nothingness and then the theros printing Then the theros printing and they were like when they were in standard i think they were twenty dollars a piece fifteen dollars a piece or something i mean they were i remember picking up like additional copies when is it pioneer was 
announced. Yeah, something like that. Because like I, I had copies for my legacy deck and I had copies for my modern deck, but I didn't have any spare copies to go around. Like if I wanted to have multiple decks together. So I remember picking them up when like Pioneer was announced because I wanted some just in case I put together a Pioneer deck. And I want to say they were like 25 or 30 bucks at that point. Yeah. For Theros ones. So, but now we've had an Ultimate Masters printing, the Invocation mm-hmm. printing. Yep. Now this printing. Right. Right. And like this is all in the last like four years? Uh, two years? Maybe two. Like they're just printing a ton of, ton of, ton of stuff. And so, again. Yeah, I guess going back to Amonkhet, you're like three or four years. Yeah. But again, like you're not like I don't think either of us was like trying to like get like super rich, but like right. the the idea again was just be like I spent twenty dollars on this card. Mm-hmm. It's going to be around twenty dollars for a while. Right. I don't feel like I got like you know schnookered, mm-hmm. and now it feels like you spend your you buy your twenty dollar card, and then like a month later they're like. Hey, here's a secret layer with that card. Or hey, yeah. here's a strictly better version of that card in this standard set. Yeah, well, I mean, that's scavenging news, right? Like the last big event that we went to, I remember going to a vendor and saying, all right, today's the day. I'm going to pick up my foil scavenging oozes because, you know, I've been looking at them for a while. They're a reasonable price right now. I'm going to pick them up. And I bought, I think I bought three M14 pack foils and I bought two uh, Modern Masters foils. And then it was reprinted in, was it Core 21? Yeah. And it had like the alternate borderless art, whatever, that was super cool. And I remember saying on the show to you guys, oh, this is awkward timing because I had just picked up my OG pack foils. Now these ones are cooler. I got to buy these. So I got those, right? Well, what happens like three months after those came out? The secret layer. And we have a secret layer. It's like, man, like there's no way to keep up with this. Like the only cards now that hold value in magic are reserveless cards because wizards has like clearly shown that like, there are no sacred cows. Right. But at the same time, like you can't buy a reserveless card really to hold unless yeah. you buy like some random homeland like trash and just like uh, wait. I mean, for you the... can't even really do that anymore. Oh, I was going to say and wait for the wave, but has the wave already hit random homeland trash? Yeah. I told you uh, we were talking last episode. I found this new collection tracker yeah. called magic manager. Um, so I started going through my collection and I figure the most stable parts of my collection is the oldest stuff. And then like, I'll work my way up to the newest stuff where I'm still acquiring cards. So I started at the end, you would be blown away by the number of fallen empires and homelands cards that are above $20. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Any number of them, a number greater than zero is shocking. Yeah. But, yeah, Great. like, so, like, if you want to, like, buy magic cards to, like, hold on to. Yeah. Like, as, like, you know, you're, like, I'm a collector, goofy kind of, like, collectible thing. Again, you're not, like, trying to put your kid through college. Right. But 
Like, you can't do that. Like, what are you going to do? Buy, like, you know, an $800 underground sea? Or, uh, sorry, sorry. That's, that's <laughs> I lowballed it. A $1,500 underground sea or whatever? Yeah. Like, no. Like, that's just crazy. Buy some GameStop stock. I don't know. <laughs> Buy, like, a 20th of a Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, it... And, like, part of me is, like, you know, this isn't sustainable. And then the other part, like, so one part, like, this isn't sustainable. Like, they mm-hmm. can't, these prices can't stay like this. But, like, the side effect of it is, like, you know, if we ever, you know, when we get back to, like, playing in person, mm-hmm. like, I can't realistically ever really play Legacy again. Right. Right? Like, you know... I'm gonna if I play Legacy again, it'll be against like you and like the three or four people that have like Legacy decks, yeah. and like no one new is ever gonna like see Legacy and be like, oh, I want to get in, and yeah, then be I, able to get in. Yeah, who's gonna want to buy uh, fourteen hundred dollar cradles to put elves together, which used to be a cheap Legacy deck? Yeah, when cradles were like seventy dollars or something, I should have bought my right. cradles. Or you're just gonna like play against I don't know, death and taxes and mm-hmm. like mono burn. red prison and burn constantly. Yeah, uh, and, I mean even pre- prisons creeping up there. Like I mean, city of traders are five hundred dollars oh, yeah. a piece now. I guess you can't. Yeah, I forgot about I forgot to play <laughs> cities. So yeah, so you can't even play that deck. Yeah, like just mono oops all spells. Like what are I we guess. doing? Like he's like, well, I guess I'm gonna have four ley lines in my board. Oh, did you see that the Leyline of the Void got original art with the old border? The correct art with the old border. It looks awesome. So, like, and again, we're like, on one hand, we're like, they're printing too many products. And then we're both like, did you see the sweet, like... (laughs) Did you see the the zombie fish? Yeah, they zombie fished and they tassigured. Yep. Yeah, I... I... Like, I feel like everything... Oh, they did Lab Man? I didn't see Lab Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, everything feels like a cash grab. Yeah. Like, just everything. Well, it just... is. I mean, it literally is. You know, we started this whole thing talking about Hasbro's, like, investor meeting or whatever they wanted to call it. And they literally said in the meeting that everything they're doing is a cash grab. I mean, that's what because, you tell your investors. Well, they... Yeah, when they laid out this plan for, you know, making Wizards its own, like, subsidiary or whatever whatever they're calling it of Hasbro, like, making it its own department, they said that the goal of Wizards of the Coast was to, well, I forget what the number was now, but they needed to increase their revenue X-fold from 2018 to 2022. So in those four years, I, th- I think it was four times they needed to increase their revenue four times in those four years. Awesome. Yep. Well, I mean, it would be one thing if the revenue increase mm-hmm. then like got dumped back into game development. Yeah. Right? Like, like, like if if for every set, right, there was like twice as many people developing it Mm -hmm. and four times as many people on play design right and like euros and tybalt's trickeries and you know this kind of stuff didn't go out the door yeah because people were like whoa whoa 
let's maybe not do that. Yeah. And isn't, isn't that kind of, well, I mean, I'm going to go down a super deep rabbit hole here, but like, do you think maybe that's the problem is that they're approaching set design with like social media glasses on in terms of like, as as long as people are talking about it, it's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah. Like the no publicity is bad publicity kind of like stance. Yeah. I mean, it could be everybody off. Everybody's talking about it. And then, it, then we get to come in and look like the good guys and ban it in a couple weeks. Or it could be, you know, you know, darker of like, we need to sell packs. The way we sell packs is power creep. Mm-hmm. So we know going out the door that these cards are really powerful, which is going to make people have to buy this product. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, I would like to think... That, you know, these are a bunch of, you know, unhappy accidents mm-hmm. that, like, they didn't realize there was going to be an issue. Yeah. But not not a business guy. But mm-hmm. if you, like, it's hard because on one hand, you keep making these, mis- you keep making all this money and it doesn't seem like the number of people on their team is increasing. Yeah. Right. But the game is not been in its best spot in a while. Yeah. Right. Like standard wise, like as your flagship format, it has kind of been like. Right. Kind of dumpster fiery for a while. Yeah. Right. But if you're still making gobs and gobs of money, then what is your incentive to make any change? That's true. I mean, part of this invent investor announcement was that. Wizards had another banner year last year with no in-store play. Yeah. And it's probably like, look, think about how much money they're going to make when we go back to like stores. Yeah. And this could be very true. Cause I mean, think about, well, so that brings us to a whole nother point is that they said in this investor meeting that they want to move beyond the LGS and pursue, uh, I think they called it underdeveloped retail channels like direct to consumer. Yeah, I mean, I think that that has been what every business has taken from the pandemic, right? Yeah, but that's the best part of this game. <laughs> it is, but like if you have your business goggles on, right? Yeah. How many random studio owned streaming services have come out since the pandemic. All of them. Disney plus HBO plus uh, we're going to have Paramount plus Mm -hmm. right. There's like a bajillion of them. Right. And it's all these. Every channel's got one now. Yeah. It is. But it's it's basically all of these companies. And I also love the fact that they're all plus like Disney did it. And then everyone else was like, plus got it. Um, Thank you, Mouse. But, (laughs) right, like, they're all like, well, we can't tie our revenue streams anymore to theaters. Mm -hmm. Right? Let's cut out the middleman of the theater, and then we're just going to sell our movies direct to the consumer. Yeah. And, like, I, you know... Everyone's got giant 80-inch TVs at home anyway. Who needs a screen? Yeah, like, we're fine. Yeah. And so I think that that's like wizards was just like, well, we 
didn't have a good way to get our product to our customers mm-hmm. other than arena right right let's just sell it directly to them cuz i mean for as big as like hasbro is the fact that every time they've tried to like sell a magic product directly to consumers <laughs> like it's been the, terrible their website has just crashed like yeah. like it was like on a geosite server from like 1997 <laughs> It's like, how is this happening? You're a multi-billion-dollar company, and you I think it was Angel Fire. Angel Fire, like, <laughs> and you can't have more than like seven people buying something on your site at the same time. Like, yeah. how did this happen? Like, I'm not surprised, but that does definitely run into an issue of like, if the part of the game you liked was like going to a store or a physical location to play your physical cards. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're going to maybe put those places out of business. Yeah. And like, that's not a good look. Right. Because I think that for a long time, right, Wizards kind of tried to have a symbiotic relationship with game stores. Oh, I I think they absolutely tried to at one point. And I mean, the from the vaults were specifically for the game store. Yeah, they were like a thank you to the game store for dealing with Wizards of the Coast for a year. Yeah, it was like here, take these. You can charge whatever price you want. Yeah, and they did because they were good products. Yeah, go nuts, and so people made a bunch of money. Yeah, everyone was happy, but right. it seems like in the last few years, like that has like changed and changed and changed, and like you know, yes, they did send like discounted or free like mystery booster product yeah to stores but that was back in like april and like that i mean that was also awkward too because that's a set like specifically to draft yeah so we're gonna give you this product like as a thank you to help get you guys by that's specifically for drafting and by the way nobody's allowed to draft yeah but, like, they did that and then kind of, like, nothing. I mean, you know, yeah. our, our local shopkeep for years has been saying they're gonna they're trying to put me out of business. They're trying to put me out of yeah. business. And, like, you know, this uh, investors call. They're like, yo, we're trying to put you out of business. Yeah. And, I mean. Well, it, I, I mean, they didn't actually say we're going to put you out of business. What they said was we're going to make it not profitable for you to carry magic product. Anymore. Well, I mean, think about. You know, where did, like, stores make a lot of their money? They made their money on singles, right? hmm Well, singles was, like, kind of the, the goal. And, yeah. like, singles prices have gone down substantially, as we've talked about. Oh, yeah. Right? It's only, like, each set, there's, like, four or five cards you want to open. Right. And then everything else is just, like, a quarter. Like, every rare is, like, a dollar to, mm-hmm. like, ten cents. Oh. Right. And then... You know, there's a few chase cards, so like you mm-hmm. can't make money like opening a box, right? We've already established no, not even close. Opening a box, you lose money on it. Yeah. On average, so like they took the singles away, yep. and like if they're gonna start selling sealed product like direct to consumer, mm-hmm. right? Then like that you get squeezed on that side too. Yeah. Because one of the things. Well, that- I mean, there's there's no way to compete selling sealed like. For I've had this talk with our LGS owner, and like, there's no way he can compete with what's available online. Price wise, no. Price wise, yeah. It, it, I mean, it would between shipping, 
uh, credit card processing. Just b- with those two things, you can buy a box cheaper than he can sell it to you with him not making any money. Like if he sells it at cost between shipping and credit card processing, um, you can buy it cheaper online. Yeah. So like you just are in this situation where it doesn't take too many people buying their boxes elsewhere. Yeah. To like really like hurt you for a, for like a set release. Yeah. They just raise raise the prices again too. Like my favorite thing for a set release is pre-release. I've said that for years now. That's my favorite time to play Magic is pre-release. They just increased the price of pre-release again. So are they going to be like $30 now? They're $30 now. For Strixhaven, they're $30. So they were 25 when I started yep. playing. Again, yep. so and then they went up to 27 like last year or the year before, I think. And there was supposed to be another price increase there also, but our LGS owner just ate that one he didn't pass that on to the customer and now they're they're at 30 dollars now yeah like that's, like you're getting to this dangerous point mm-hmm. with with this kind of stuff where you know in the pre-show i talked about like i just like downloaded a new game mm-hmm. and if i would have bought the game it would have been 40 dollars. yep right so you're telling me i can play get a sealed pull and I can play four or five rounds of Magic? Well, it, I mean, depending on when you play, most of the pre-releases now, because of the push to casual, are three rounds pack per win. Yeah. So I play three rounds, so that's yep. three hours yep. for $30. Right. And if you think about, like we just said, like where the, the value of the cards you're going to open in that pre-release kit are going to be like, Nothing. $10 maybe. Right. Like on average, 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. And so like I kind of, if I can get the $10 out of the cards, I spent $20 plus like right. all the time to get my $10 back. Right. Like you're getting the point where it's like, I could just stay home. Mm-hmm. That is the concern. It's if enough people say, I'll just stay home. Yep. Then the game just ends up in like, you know, ends up kind of like withering on the vine. Yeah. Unfortunately. So this was kind of all over the place, a little doom and gloom. Yeah. I I think like, you know, you you guys have been listening for a while, hopefully. Like, I think you can, this, this talk was not super surprising. Right. Right. Like I think that, you know, for the longest time we'd come on every week and talk about like the star city results Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we pointed out that uh, it was Kaldheim League weekend. And, <laughs> yeah, I watched yeah. zero of it. and I didn't even know what happened. Yeah. And, like, like we're just not in that headspace right now. And it's kind yeah. of for all of this stuff. Right. But to circle all the way back around. All the way back around. All the way back around. Um. You know what you could do when you were staying home, not going to your $30 pre-release? What's that? You could watch a magic movie. <laughs> or you could watch a magic TV show. Get that paper. Because yeah. that's that's what we're getting. Yep. I guess Fox is developing a feature film for Magic the Gathering. Like I think Morrow had said something about this 
at one point like four years ago. Um, I don't know if this is the same property that was going on back then or if this is something new. And then they're also doing a show for Netflix, like an animated show that we did know about. That's and I the think Chandra the, show, right? Yeah, the, I was just going to say, I think that's supposed to be about Chandra. It's like Chandra and it's the uh, Russo brothers, I think, are involved. Yeah. They're, they're on yeah. the production team. Yep. So if it's being developed by Fox, that means the mouse is involved. Thank you, mouse. Oh, boy. Thank you, mouse. <laughs> So uh, so we're setting up for another crossover, huh? We're going to get a uh, Disney princess. That's what I was just going to say. We're going to get Disney princesses. Like, you know, I mean, we have, we had, uh, oh, like. Elsa's going to show up on Keldheim and sing Frozen to a snowman. Yeah. I mean, we had the, the slipper on, uh, like oh, the, yeah. the haste we slipper sure did. Yeah. on, uh, in Throat of Eldraine. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, like we can, you know, I guess, uh, Moana will be, uh, blue. <laughs> Moana's boat and um uh Maui well, it'll just we'll just get all the Mo- uh, Moana characters in there. I just mentioned yeah. the only two I know. <laughs> I don't know any of them, so okay. that's two more than me. There you go. Yeah, so we've got more magic content in the form of movies and TV. Mm-hmm. TV show might work. The track record of turning things into, into movies good movies is not great not not great i'm looking at you battleship uh <laughs> like i know that's mattel i mean like transformers like i don't know big fighting robots like you can't really mess that up michael bay tried really hard but you can't mess that up <laughs> yeah you can't things mess exploded it, it was cool yeah it was like whatever cool like Shia LaBeouf had the easiest job in America. It's like grab the hand of the most attractive woman around you, run yeah. and duck. <laughs> in. I can do that. Yep. So like so we didn't like Megan Fox anymore? No. So we're gonna replace her with Victoria's Secret model? Mm-hmm. I can grab her hand too. Let's go. <laughs> I can do it. Um so yeah. So magic is changing. And yeah, it sure is. We are old and don't like change. Like <laughs> back in my day, back in my day, you'd pay four mana and tapped your artifact and you drew a card. Yeah. Called it Jamde Tome. What do you think <laughs> about that? Uh, we named things after people named Larry. <laughs> he had a disc. He had a disc. Now yeah. we like. Had to finish off like the lore, so now he's like an Esper commander. Yeah. yeah, who likes to blow things up? Yeah, like Magic is a game. The last two years worth of design not standing. Yeah, like is a solid game. Like mm-hmm. you all know this, you're listening to a Magic podcast, right? But so I don't think that they can mess that up too too badly, right? But like. You know, the phrase jumping the shark. Oh, yeah. Right. At some point, like, you know, you can jump the shark and people will, like, look back on magic and be like, remember that time where they just kind of, <laughs> like, they totally went off the rails? Right. Like, I feel like if when magic is around in 15 years, mm-hmm. right, like, I feel like you're going to look back at this time and go, like, remember when they, like, really lost their minds? And then, like, four years later, they fixed it, and now we're here, 
right? They er eroded all of universes beyond to have silver borders. Yeah, right. If you see the SIP symbol, you can't play it. Or in 15 years, we're going to look back and be like, remember when they lost their mind and they just kept losing it? <laughs> right? Like, and now it's just gone. There's no turning back. Yeah, right. Like you're going to have like Mario cards and whatever. <laughs> There'll be a sub game in your magic game of Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. Quick, or... everybody to the floor. <laughs> hey, They'll they... unban Shaharazad because that's like a new mechanic for the next set. Yeah, just playing you, sub games. You go to you go to the universe beyond, yeah. and you and you like settle something there. I mean, have you yeah. seen they have the actual like Mario Kart at home? No. You have like a little RC car. Yeah. And you like lay out things to make a track. And you play it on your Switch, and it's like an augmented reality. So you're driving your car around your house, and you can oh, that's see actually the, pretty sick. You see the other <laughs> drivers on your uh, on your like uh, on your Switch. Really? Yeah. So you're driving through your living room on this course you laid out, and then you can see other drivers, and like it like puts what are they called? Like the the item boxes and stuff, so you can grab items and throw them all on your screen. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, but your your Mario your cart's just driving around. So yeah, you just like stop. You have to get out your Mario Kart at home, and yeah. you have to do a race. And the winner of the race loses ten life, <laughs> or lo the loser loses ten life. There you go. Yeah, these are the kind of decisions that make you worry about where the game's going to be in yeah ten years, right? Like you know, there were people that started playing. You know, I started playing when I was like fifteen, mm -hmm. and I'm still around. Like, I took right. a break, but I'm still around, right? Yep. Like, there's going to come a point, like, are the people that started playing when they were 15 this year, like, is the game, because of these decisions, is the game going to be around when they're, you know, 40? Yeah. And it might be. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that is, like, hung on. I'm sure, like, Dungeons & Dragons has had some low points in its, like, time. Well, I mean arguably very arguably D, D is more popular now than it's ever been yeah but i'm saying like it started in this in the like late 70s yeah right and it's still around mm -hmm. right like you know is you know and magic has had 27 years now of staying power it has right like you know i'm sure the game's not gonna go away but at the mm -hmm. same time though like are they doing the best thing to curate it? Yeah. And I'm not sure. Like, I would like it to be around. I've got all this cardboard. Oh, yeah. What I have no I shortage of cardboard. Like, I have, I collected other card games that now, like, you can't even find eBay listings for. Mm -hmm. I don't want Magic to turn into that. <laughs> I've got to move <laughs> like, this what, cardboard. Would you, would you use to play? I went through this phase. I, I barely ever got to play it. I just liked collecting the cards. It was the Full Metal Alchemist playing card, uh, trading card game. Oh, I didn't even know that one existed. Yeah, like I think I have a complete set of the first, of like every card in the set, every card that like wow. was ever released. They had released like two or three expansions. Hmm. It was it was neat. I a hundred percent forget how to play it, but I have like tons of cards under my bed upstairs. Yeah, and like. I was like, I wonder if these are worth anything. Could not even find a listing. <laughs> I was like, well, that answers so that, that either, question. Well, it's either a absolutely not or a resounding yes. You get to you get to make the market. I get to make the market. He's yeah. like, here you go. 
$50,000 for all my affordable <laughs> Alchemist cards. We'll see if anyone bites. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's one Bitcoin. Someone might just have a Bitcoin to throw at me. Yeah. I'd be like, cool. I'll pay off a large chunk of my house. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I played uh, the first Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. Not the not the one that like was the most popular that people generally think of when they think of the Star Wars CCG, but the first one that came out. Um, I played that one, and I played the Middle Earth card game. I think I still have some of my Middle Earth cards. Okay. And I played the Star Trek card game, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't but, think I have any of those anymore, though. Yeah, but, like, you know, we want Magic to be around for a long time, and it just seems like you can only do... It feels like you can only do so much of this stuff before you're, like, cheapen your brand. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not a brand scientist. Right. But, like, I'm a person, and it just seems like you can only, you know throw so many random things in your in your game before it's like huh so with that i think we have an episode we do have an episode so if you would like to get at us about your thoughts on the changing world of magic you can tweet us at casual tripod yep you can also hit us up on facebook at casual tryhard mtg you can drop us an email show at casual tryhard mtg.com um, if you're looking to pick up any singles, there should be pre-orders up for Time Spiral Remastered soon. Um, or like I said at the top of the episode, uh, Keldheim stuff is starting to move, so you might want to get in before the window closes. Uh, please use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link will help keep the show going. Um, it's really easy to do. All you have to do is use the link. It doesn't matter what you do after that. You can browse for whatever you want, as long as that's how you got the TCG player. That'll help us out greatly. If you guys want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. We'd appreciate anything you can do. Uh, patrons get some special perks here and there. Maybe we'll clip some of this episode and just give it to the patrons. That might be a good use for some of that content that we were unsure about towards the end there. There we go. Um, we also have a Discord channel. It should be a link in the description. There's a link on social media. Get in the conversation. Let us know what you guys want to hear about. Hop in there and tell us what you think about the game and the direction it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy episode, man. Very heavy. Yeah. So with that, we will catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets. Bye.